You are alive. I am alive. Sean Young, sitting with Sean. In Clash of the Casters. What's up? What's happening? Hello today. Hello. In my best Danhausen voice. Hello. Is that is that what that was? It was an attempt. I'm sorry. I'm terrible. <laughs> Bro, don't don't call yourself terrible. Let's be nicer to ourselves. I, I try. I try. Sometimes I'm not the best at it. Uh, maybe, 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 maybe take it. Maybe take a sip of water and try the Dan House and impression again. Okay. All right. Hello. Still not. Still not there. Still not there. I got to work on it. I get to meet his good friend Orange Cassidy tomorrow, so I will be like, "Tell me your ways." <laughs> you you got to do like the little Zorak hands. The, the Zorak hands. <laughs> I I wrestled Orange Cassidy in like 2005 when he oh, was JC Ryder in the New Jersey All-Stars. Oh, wow. So, yes, it's been a long time. That's I awesome. Seen, I have not seen him again since then. <laughs> um, I was talking to... Uh, uh, Scandal, scandal uh, noted. Uh, mm -hmm. I was hanging out with Icarus. Icarus was over my house, and he was. We were talking about. We were talking about um, JC. Um, we were talking about Orange Cassidy mm -hmm. um, recently, but I uh, have not have not actually seen him or talked to him in years. But his friend, who was in the Jersey All Stars, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Do you know uh, Lucky Thirteen? He like wrestles for GCW. Yes, I'm friends with him. Nice. I'm friends with that guy, uh, but I'm not really friends with Orange Cassidy. We are friends with some of the most obscure people. Right. These are degrees of separation. So, so like, <laughs> yeah. so like niche. No one even gives one single shit about it. Right. Right. Not a single damn. I I I I I frequently say that like most of the people I ever encounter. Don't know shit about wrestling. Don't mm -hmm. know shit. Like, don't know what podcast podcasting even is, which yeah. is really funny because it, to some people who are in podcasts, it's like the biggest deal in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, everyone's got a podcast. Everybody listens to podcasts. But like in reality, only like five percent of the population. Yeah, really yeah, and it does. And it's crazy, like getting into podcasting because you start meeting people who have those weird connections, right? So, like, I I have a buddy up here. His name is Brandon. I interviewed him. He was, I think, my first guest on Extraordinary. And this man used to be a, a wrestler in Idaho, I think, somewhere obscure. And then, and then he moved up here to Alaska, and he's been a DDP yoga like, I guess. Uh, 
he was practicing and then he started taking the classes to become an instructor. Now he's a full blown instructor. And like, so this dude has like crazy stories out the wazoo about everything. And I'm just in awe and shock as a wrestling fan, just sitting here and be like, okay, tell me more. <laughs> How come there's never been a wrestler with the gimmick name wazoo? That's a good, good question. There should be a wrestler who like, he's, He's got everything he has is in abundance. It's such an, <laughs> an abundance. Everything he has, there's an abundance of it. If he has a manager, he has 10 of them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if, he has, if he has a title, he walks out with everyone ever made. Right. And, but it's, it's kind of like he's got OCD. So, like, he'll give somebody a body slam, and then he has to body slam them, like, abundance of times. An elbow, he gets an elbow and he gets it wrong. He's like, okay, hold on one second. Go back call, up. Call him Wazoo McDaniel. <laughs> Wazoo McDaniel. <laughs> or 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 the start of his of his career, right? He's trying to get abundance of everything. And he finally gets it, and it's just he cannot stop getting everything. His promos, his promos will consist of What's you gonna do, brother? Was was you gonna do, brother? <laughs> no, listen here, brother. <laughs> do you do you well, listen to to, to Dudesy? No, I haven't heard Dudesy. Do you, have you heard of it? No. It's like um, Will Sasso and this guy Chad Colchin. They're mm -hmm. like they like gave all their. All their social media, all of their like logins to everything to this AI, and they were like, "Let the AI run their podcast," and the and mm -hmm. the, it like comes up with topics, and they got to do the topics. It's mm -hmm. it's awesome, but that is uh, awesome. If you're if you're listening to this podcast and you've never heard Dudesy before, turn this off. Don't listen to me anymore. Go <laughs> right to go right to Dudesy Pod Show on Instagram <laughs> and on YouTube. <laughs> oh shit but he I... constantly he constantly does hulk hogan impressions and the, the reason i brought it up because he always he's like oh 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 oh, bro, oh oh brother oh brother but and now <laughs> now i have my girlfriend constantly saying dude and brother in hulk hogan voices i think you froze on me Feel like somebody's freezing here. I'll give it a minute. In the ah oh, fuck. Oh shit. Ah oh, shit. Shit. So I'm still alive, but I'm by myself. I'm showing all the folks this knife that my brother got me. Ain't this neat? Anybody who's listening to the audio will only hear me showing this knife that my brother got me. So here's the bad thing about Alaska internet, dude. Is <laughs> it like I could be one spot and get perfect, 
perfect service. And then I move 10 feet away and it's just like, boom, gone. What about uh, like a wired connection? Have you, well, does that even that, happen with wired connections? I'm in my basement. It's kind of creepy, right? I'm in my basement um, and my router's upstairs. <laughs> well, I have, a, I have a weird story about the basement though. Okay. So uh, I'm yesterday, ready to hear it. All right. So yesterday I'm cooking, right? And I go live on TikTok and I cook and it's my way to connect with people. People like to watch me cook and we listen to music, whatever. What's your TikTok? It's called Beard of the Gods. I'm going to I'm going to follow it right now. Yes. Um so anyways I'm cooking and I hear this loud bang next to me, right? And it's a bang and I can feel it through the floor. And everybody on my live heard it as well. I ran down here nothing. There was nobody down here. And there was no animals in my kitchen, nothing. So I'm sitting there and I'm telling people about some of the weird shit that's been happening. Next thing I know, um, I see a movement outside my window. And I was like, oh, here we go. Spooky season started. What was it? Unexplainable? Yeah, it was unexplained. Like, I couldn't, I I, I have no idea. I sat here and I tried to write. I think it was a ghost, but I mean, I've had some weird stuff happen here. Nothing terrifying, nothing scary, mm-hmm. uh, just normal things, you know, normal weird bumps in the night, uh, cold spots, uh, weird, weird smells that just don't make sense to me that, you know, but outside of that, I mean, nothing crazy. My, my, uh, my webcam keeps, mm-hmm. keeps coming unplugged. So I'm using the one that's attached to the to the laptop. No problem. Uh, just just explaining it to the people who may be watching and being like, <laughs> "What the hell's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> but I I actually I started doing the other night. I uh, was using this camera, this one right here that I'm looking into mm-hmm. right now. Hello, I was using. Hello. Because I. Hello. Uh, <laughs> because I have a TV here now. And I was watching wrestling on here, on like live on my Twitch. Yeah. Nah, uh, that that it's it's a cool thing to have that. I didn't have this TV in here before, but now I do. And uh, it's. And I was actually I was actually watching. Uh, Jersey Shore Family Vacation. Nice. <laughs> live on <laughs> live on TikTok the other night. Now <laughs> now on, you. Not on. Now TikTok. you. I don't. I don't have enough followers to go live on TikTok. Now you can do now you can do the sports entertainment watch. You know, the, the nice body pet posture forward and your head tilted to the side watching the TV. Well, I've I feel I kind of feel like like uh when Batman was in the was in the airplane. <laughs> you, was that was that was that too specific or was that perfect and you knew exactly what I was talking about? That was perfect. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Celebration. Speaking of speaking of Batman, have you seen Bat uh Batman, the parody of it of Batman? Is it is it Pete Holmes? Yes. Yes, I have seen. Oh my god, it is the funniest thing I've ever uh, fucking seen on YouTube. I don't know if I talk about it enough on this podcast, but Pete Holmes 
Pete Holmes is one of my my favorite comedians and uh, for sure an inspiration for me wanting to start my podcast. Uh, his podcast was is my is still one of my favorite podcasts. I I listen to it every week. I love Pete Holmes. That dude is so funny. Yeah. He is ridiculous. Let me go get my chair. I had to move. One second. Oh, uh-huh. So I will eventually get this uh, webcam situation situated where this isn't going to happen anymore. But, you know, what's weird is like the microphones and the the microphones and the cameras like it's like something with these like USB ports on this computer like sucks so bad that once I like bump it, even the littlest bit, like even if like I move the table a little bit. It comes unplugged. It's like the the USB ports uh, are were made directly in a town that specializes in poopy. <laughs> they oh, they undersize things that are supposed to be normal sized. Yeah, yeah they they're not they're not they're not part of the cool kids club, in my opinion. <laughs> so you live in you live in Pittsburgh, yeah? No, I, I no I live no. in. Um, I live in like the suburbs of Philly. Oh, okay. Okay. I grew up in Erie. I, I don't know if you know Erie, Pennsylvania, but I grew up there. I know what it is. I don't, I'm not very familiar with it. Uh, I'm never moving back there again. Was it, it just, was it creepy? Cause I know that like they did like uh, some episode, they had like, I think a, a show based around Erie, PA. And I think it might have been called Erie, PA or some, something like that. Uh, and it's about I, just a bunch of creepy stories from they they have some weird locations there they have like uh a warship from the war of 1812 up there that was sunk and got got repurposed or something brought back up to the surface and and rebuilt Ex- exhumed exhumed yes brought back um yes <laughs> they have some other weird places that uh, I don't know if you've watched the murder mystery on Netflix called uh, Evil Genius, but that took place in Erie. No. Oh, it's good. It was actually right around the time when I when I was leaving to join the army. It was about this lady who had hired this pizza delivery man to go and rob a bank, but he had a he had a uh, a neck collar on that was a bomb. And then if if any police got if any police got involved, he would have gotten blown up and and he got blown up. Did did they base the movie 30, 30 minutes or less off of that? <laughs> Probably. Did you ever see, did you ever see yeah. that movie? Yeah. With Aziz Ansari. Yeah. And, uh, who else was in that movie? Uh, it was, was Dan, Dan McBride in that movie. Or Jesse Eisenberg. Seth Rogen. Jesse Jesse Eisenberg was he in that? I think Jesse. he was. Oh, let's look it up. Ah, I don't want to look it up. Okay. Not worth it. I I know what I'm talking about, and you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about. I yeah. know that you know what I'm talking about, and I know that you know that I know what I'm talking about. You're right. So it's fine to not Google it. I, okay. I, I'm trying to like cut down on my like scratching every itch, like for 
for like if I'm wondering about a thing and mm -hmm. I and I like uh, I'm like, well, I'm going to sit and think about it before I'm going to like Google it because it, it's so easy to Google anything and everything all the time. Yeah. Uh, so so I'd rather just think about it. And if it's bothering me later, I'll, I'll look it up later. Well, the crazy thing is when Google contradicts itself. When the links you click on Google contradict itself. So someone had made a comment to me and I was looking up the name of the person that they referenced. And then one, it was like, this guy was a war hero and he fought for X, Y, and Z, you know, when he got back home. And then there's another one that said that dude was a traitor. What? <laughs> How does that even work? Real, real contradictory. Real, real contradict head. Alaska Internet. Alaska Internet. Uh. <laughs> nah, homie. All right. Alaska Internet, man. Alaska Internet. And this is the pro this is the problem that I have with Alaska Internet. Is it doesn't doesn't just does not affect my computer. It affects my Xbox, it can affects my phones, everything. And if we have if we have like mild to terrible weather, all internet's gone. Well, like Even even if even if you have anything wired to the router, mm -hmm. is the router the router is bad. Uh, it's not just me. I thought that the router was bad, and I thought the modem was bad. But it's everybody. Mm. If it's if it's not one person, it's everybody. And so we like Alaska. We only have three internet providers. So we got GCI, which is who I have, and they're bad. Uh, we have another one that's provided by the state and then we have one called uh mta and mta goes like we're really like where i live we're on the border of all three but only one provides service where i live at and the other one if i were to go five if i would move five minutes up the road they'd be able to service us hmm. mm -hmm. that's how they get you we need starlink <laughs> yeah there, 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 there's got to be a better way. There has to be. There has to be. And, and the sad thing is, is like I have Verizon as my cell phone uh, carrier. And I went to them and I said, D are you guys doing Wi-Fi up here finally? Because I heard that they were getting into Wi-Fi. And they were like, yes, but not right now. Verizon's what I have here. That's what, what internet I have here. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't have any, any Wi-Fi services up here yet. Yeah. Yeah. So we're stuck with we're stuck with mediocre Internet, terrible Internet or really good Internet. If I move five minutes up the road. <laughs> the dilemma. So what, what what sources do you use for your wrestling news? Because you seem to be like a, a really well-educated fan. Of wrestling. Mm -hmm. 
So I've been straying away from the the dirt sheets because um, a lot of them, I, I've started to, to realize a lot of the dirt sheets that I'm reading are very biased, either one. Um, two, they're highly uneducated standpoints. Or three, they reference another another dirt sheet that is like, I'd never said that. So it's like, what do we believe, right? So it seems like a lot of it comes, they, they go, oh, Mike Johnson of PW Insider says this. And it's like, yeah. okay, why do I have to go to you? Why don't I just go directly to Mike Johnson for everything? Right. And I, I read something that, and, and this is what really got me, is I read something and they referenced Sean Scott's, I, I think Sean Sapp or whatever his name mm -hmm. is. And, and literally the next, the next post up, he commented and said, I never said that. And I was like, okay, this enough, enough. It's I'm like, done. um, fightful select or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I wish I was Twitter. Cool. I wish <laughs> I was, I wish I had a big enough following on, on Twitter. Or on or on TikTok, I'd love to like be able to go live on TikTok, which I can't yeah. do. But I go live on uh, do this new app. I'm gonna send it to you. Okay. It's it's just like audio only, mm -hmm. audio only lives. But mm -hmm. uh, I it's I re I've really been digging it. Nice. It's called it's called Genius. So I've been going live on that, and like you're able to s save the audio files mm -hmm. onto you know onto your uh podcast feed you can you mm -hmm. can podcast this, that audio but like i just haven't done it yet nice but i i i i plan to eventually do that but nice so far i've only been like going live to like watch along to stuff i haven't like talked to anybody on there yet because like <laughs> I'm, i mean what the hours are kind of weird whenever i get a chance to go on and yeah. it's uh you know, dude, since July, since July, I've been like hired. I've, I've been hired and started like three different jobs. Oh, wow. I, I got laid off from my at home job in July. Mm -hmm. Before that, I was working at I was working at TGF Fridays as a server. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> and I was working at my gym. Both, you know, kind of part time. And then. And then I got hired at this other restaurant that was like, the guy just like showed me around the guy. I'm sorry. The guy didn't show me around. The guy just was like, we make good money here. We have very <laughs> ingredients here. And he was like, the reason we do this, the reason we do this. And he was like going over all the specifics of the menu, but he never showed me the kitchen. He never introduced me to a goddamn person. I was there <laughs> like four days. And I was like, bro, I, I'm weirded out by all this. <laughs> like I got to like know all this stuff, but I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know what this place even looks like. Like I only ever saw the front room of that restaurant. Jeez. And I was like, uh, I gotta maybe see some, I gotta, I gotta venture out and see what other options are. And then I found this job that I was like, Oh, this is going to be great for me. It's the place is called, um, I don't know if I should say it, but it, it, it's like a, it's like um, it's like an online casino mm. where I'd have to, I'd have to be a, a like an on-screen role. 
and I'm mm-hmm. I, I was I'm into it. I like I want to be like I applied for what I would do would be hosting, and I would just like hold a microphone and like talk about the game and crack jokes and stuff, which is exactly what I'd like to do. But they were like, "But first, you got to learn how to deal blackjack." And also, like in all, and like to deal blackjack, you have to also like have a, a shuffle, and the shuffle mm-hmm. consists of like, here's eight decks of cards, stack them all up once, and then cut them in half, and spin this one, spin the one, the one all the way in a, a one hundred eighty degrees, and then you take like, then you take like, little one, like, handful off of the the big stacks yeah. and shuffle them together uh and put that tower back together three times and what? and then the third shuffle you have to you you do the you shuffle them all together and then you like split it split it split it split it and then you shuffle it again and then put it in that pile and you have to have that done within five minutes i am a clumsy klutz and uncoordinated i cannot do it in less than eight minutes. So I'm like, okay, well, today I went and got my job back at Fridays. <laughs> oh, I was like, all right, I know I could do that. And it's also, it's also like, like I was to do that, the, to do that, that casino job, I'd have to drive a half hour every day to, to work at Fridays. It's, 10 minutes down the street from my house. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I don't trust my car. I don't trust my car enough to make that drive every single day. My car is, is 13 years old or something. And it's pushing 200,000 miles. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to wait until I'm going to wait till I got enough money. Right. To, it's a matter of convenience to, to, to upgrade my my vehicle situation right it's a matter of convenience yeah well yeah. like i mean i i'm gonna miss like coming in here like this this office i've been working from home i was working from home for like three months only three months they hired me in april and then they let me they they laid me off in july hmm. they, they they said um they, they like they like loved me and had nothing to do with performance, but like the program was making cuts and I didn't have the seniority. And I'm like, if it makes you feel better, if it makes you feel better, we let a couple other people go too. And I'm like, no, it doesn't make me feel better. How the hell would that make me feel better? Yeah. Ah, shucks. Asinine statements. Yes. I don't. I, I, I'm okay suffering alone. I don't need to. I don't need to have other people suffering too right. to make me feel better. Right, right. Hey, just, uh, let's bring everybody on this suck on this suck bandwagon. Let's go do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so you've done tons of podcasts, right? Like I, I know your podcasts. You're currently under under fifty episodes mm-hmm. for the new show. Yep. But you've done podcasts before that, right? You had another show. Nope. No. Nope. Uh, so, so I, I wanted to start doing podcasting, and I was just really nervous, and and I, I was like, I started getting in my own head. Am I going to be good at it? This, that, and the third. And I, and and the first 
time that I met Jukebox and we did a we did that 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 clash of the casters where we were talking about spirituality. Afterwards, I was like, dude, I had so much fun. And he was like, Do you have a theme? And I was like, generally, I have a theme. He was like, go with it. Just do it. And I was like, ah. and he was like, do it. Just, just, just don't hold back, do it. And I started and I started asking him for him and him and uh, Embalm. I was like, hey, you know, what tips do you have for me? Constructive criticism, I'm down. And uh, I took what they said. I bought a new mic, put head headphones on. Um, and next thing I know, you know, I, I'm rolling them out. But I had to learn, like, for myself, because Jukebox warned me. He's like, dude, don't go head first in. He's like, you got to tread in, you know. He's like, don't go head first in, or you're gonna wear yourself out. And like, I wore myself out in like like twenty episodes. I was just, it was all the time. Sometimes two and three times a day, I was recording. And, and I got to this point where I was like, okay, I need to start getting a schedule going and keeping that schedule. So my recording days are on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and I post on Wednesdays and Fridays. And yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I enjoy it. And, and uh, it's a way for me to connect with people again um, because I don't really leave my house unless I absolutely have to. You work from home? Mm -hmm. I'm medically retired from the Army. I'm 100% disabled from the VA, so technically not allowed to work. But I do I do a lot of outreach for, for, uh, for recovery, for mental health and substance abuse. Um, and um, I work with veterans that are in, that are justice involved, um, and yeah. So I mean, I do that, and and I make myself available. There's a, there's a handful of people that call me every day and are like, "Hey, I want to check in, just so you know, I'm good." And I'm like, "Okay, cool, I'm down." Cool, man. I mean, people need people need you for that, like yeah. espe especially because like you're somebody who's like come from stuff, like. Yeah. You've lived through some shit, you know, you know, some, you know, experience. You're coming from a place of like real compassion, not just yeah. going like, oh, I'll listen to you. But like, uh, I don't have much to say about anything. Mm -hmm. Like one you, of the you, things. Go ahead. You got you got you got the, you got the, the dirt on your nails. Yeah. Figuratively. Yeah. The one thing that I had to that I had to learn uh, when I you know when I started getting into this is that there's there's two or three type of people that contact me, that will contact somebody like me. One is the person that just needs somebody to listen to them, and you just shut up and you don't say anything. And then if they ask for advice, you give it to them. Then there's other people that are calling for advice or suggestions, um, and then you have to decipher how to go about you know doing that. And, and making sure that you're giving them the right advice and, and making sure that it's appropriate for the situation. And then three, there's just people that are calling uh, to bitch and complain and not saying like bitching and complaining, like that's bad, but because uh, because that's not how I take it. Uh, but in society, that's how people say oh, bitching and complaining. But people that call and they just need to get shit off their chest and that's all they want. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, so yeah, I've I've had to learn to decipher that, um, and learn that like that I need self care. Like it's, uh, for me, self care is is really important. Uh, especially like recently, I had a kid that contacted me, and he had a suicide attempt uh, very recently, and 
And it, 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 it took a lot on me. It took a lot out of me because, you know, uh, I, I had one too, a few years ago. And, and uh, so I remembered exactly how he felt or how I felt <clears throat> in my situation and him describing exactly what happened with him and, and the sequence of events. I felt the same way, but I had to realize like, I can't take his problems into myself. Like his problems are his problems, and 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 I could be there to be a friend and listen to him, but I can't take his problems on and try and get him the help he needs. He has to do that on his own. That's a that's a tough decision to know that it's time to make, mm -hmm. because a lot of times we let other people's problems become our problems quickly, because yeah. we're we're you know sometimes it's there's 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 you know some different factors to it. Sometimes it's like we're addicted to being a savior. Sometimes we're addicted to chaos. Chaos, chaos is a, a, an addictive drug. Sometimes people's egos need chaos. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes people need to be able to be the, a, a, like they need to seem like they're the savior for yeah. somebody else's chaos. And then like in turn taking on all of their stress. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have people that come to me like, Oh, you got all the answers. I'm like, no, I don't. I said, I know what worked for me. And that's what I tell people is what worked for me. Uh, but I don't have all the answers. I don't claim to have all the answers. I can barely fix my own fucking problems. I can't fix other people's. I think, I think it's, it's a slippery slope to have people like lean all their weight on you. Because mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. like they'll do it if, because sometimes people it's like they're programmed to do that they're programmed mm -hmm. to um to just kind of like distribute distribute mm -hmm. their their yuck around mm -hmm. so that it's not as yuck inside of them yeah well i've, I've noticed that there's a lot of people that have dependency issues not not substance dependency but dependency on other people codependency codependency yeah yeah and, and so like they they feel the need to relate their pain with somebody else and if that person or people leave then they don't know how to respond you know i've had people call me and and say i lost my kids i don't know how to uh to to move on my kids are my life and I'm like, well, you know, it's terrible. I'm sorry you lost, you know, custody, but like you have to, like you're saying that your kids are your life and you don't want to go on and you lost custody of them, but you have to continue on for your kids because it's not going to be like this forever. It only sucks temporarily. You know, it's not going to be like this forever. So I think I've noticed that there's a big trend of people that are, that have codependency issues and we're never taught that it's okay to be alone. I think, um, I think more people need positive role models. Uh, and like, like, like I said, like sometimes when somebody F's up and they like say something that gets them canceled, I'll say, who were they surrounding themselves with who told them it was okay to speak this way? Who were they surrounding themselves with? who weren't calling them out on this and saying, Hey, this, this is not okay to objectify women this way. It's not okay to, you know, it's not okay to, 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 to just 
consequence-free living. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> that's a word I've been using a lot lately about consequence, consequence-free because like, I feel like that's the way a lot of matches get called sometimes. Like I was, I've been watching a lot of uh, NXT lately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like their their moves, like it feels like some of the matches, they're just doing moves to do moves, and there's no real consequence to anything. There's not really any psychology behind no. it. It's just like, all right, well, we know that moves happen, and then then the finish happens. Yeah, like uh, it's it's like the. The, I think the the complaint for a really long time was that things were so formulaic, but now yeah. there it seems like the formula is gone and the moves moves sake has has kind of replaced the the overly produced formula. I I, I feel I, I would agree with you, and I feel like wrestling has lost its touch in ring psychology. To be honest. Um, you know, we, we, we're not seeing the likes of Jake the Snake anymore. We're not seeing the likes of, of you know, The Fiend. I'm a f- huge fan of Bray Wyatt, absolute huge fan of Bray Wyatt. And I would, I would dare say, like, he is in my top five uh, of, you know, of the past 20 years um, just because of his, his ring presence and, and, and the storytelling that he does. Like, a lot of people, like casual fans, wouldn't, wouldn't know that he – has been talking about the fiend 10 no about about five or six years before it even became a thing yeah and, yeah, he, and he he was planting them seeds mm-hmm mm-hmm and everything that he did every promo he did was had a purpose behind it, it was purpose driven it told a story and it would lead up to the fiend and it was just small little hints that if you'd never picked up on it you would never know you know, we're not we're also not living in the in in the times of Jake the Snake where Jake was just super cryptic all the time. Well, my my problem I don't want to say problem, but it's for sure like my like a, it's it's a, a light opinion about Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't say or do anything to make you overly like or dislike him. And yeah. Like as far as like he's not being a heel like a hateable heel or being a likable face. It's like, what are you doing? Like what, why, why make care more? Like I get, I get that. Like we, your, your words are important. And like, it almost gives you chills that how yeah. much he believes what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But like, like point that in a direction that will make more sense to the, the like the non fan. I think that's who we need to to push push the wrestling business towards the yeah. non fan because all fans are lapsed now at this point wrestling fans uh, they're not really wrestling fans anymore mm-hmm. and yeah you know the, the 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 audience that AEW is going for is the the niche. You know, like the the crowd that are, is already gonna watch it, yeah. And we, we should be aiming towards the crowd who wouldn't have already been watching it. Yeah, I I do know I knew I do know that like AEW has brought back fans that have left WWE for years. 
Um, like for instance, my dad, my dad will not turn on WWE because of the programming that they have been putting out, but he's, he also watched everything from the golden era up to, to include the attitude era. And, and he's like, this reminds me of the attitude era. And I was like, I, I, I disagree to be honest. It doesn't, it doesn't remind me of the attitude era. Sure. The blood. I said, but there's a lot of things that the era, the attitude era did wrong. That that is, in my opinion, uh, that that I feel it did wrong. Um, there's a lot of good that came out of it, but a lot of wrong as well. What, what what's weird to me, and 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 this is not, this is going to come as a criticism, but like mm-hmm. it's not. I don't I don't dislike it. I don't hate it. But the thing is, like. We're going to fully be shown that it's a work in one segment and fully be expected to suspend our disbelief in another segment right after that. Like the structuring of the shows needs to be uh, like more like gone over with a fine tooth comb. Yeah. It's like, well, we're going to see this angle where a guy's like really mad about something where almost where like, he can't keep his cool because he's so angry about it. And then we're going to see some guy in jeans with his hands in his pockets throwing like little sissy kicks and like, <laughs> and like the next segment. It's, 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 uh, it's bizarre, you know? Like, yeah. What, are you, can you imagine seeing like Eddie Kingston versus uh, Orange Cassidy? And, oh my like, God. like the, 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 the levels of this is a shoot versus this is a work. Yeah. Uh, it'd be tough it'd be yeah. tough but i mean and, and, and it's also it's also like bro these these forearms are terrible and they're overdone and like they're they, they never look good like your world champion is if he's going i'm gonna bathe in your blood i'm i'm violent and then he goes me 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 it's like oh what are you doing? And the, that that like arm trap elbows thing? Yeah. That looks so terrible. Like, does that not look bad? That it, looks it yeah, looks it's, phony and ding batty. Like, why would the person stand there and take it? Why wouldn't they just go get off my give me my arm back? Like yeah. if it's a shoot, why would somebody just go, okay, all right, yeah. go ahead, throw elbows, throw elbows yeah. at my chest that you're barely connecting with? Because like when Brian Danielson did them back in ring of honor back in the day that looked like it was a shoot. Like it looked like he yeah. was really, he was really destroying people's jaws. But like yeah. when, when John Moxley does it, it looks like. Meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. And that's like, that's why I consider Danielson to be one of the best professional wrestlers alive. Cause he can make anything look believable. Uh, those stomps that he does are Oh, the kicks kick his fucking uh, up, his head off. When when he grabs the hands and just traps the arms and just starts kicking the jaw, I'm like, oh my god. What what's what's kind of strange to me about it is, I, like, I I'm I'm with you on that. I think that Daniel Bryan is the shit. Like, I think Brian Danielson is the shit. Uh, I just can't get past the fact that like his face never changes. Like he doesn't sell <laughs> shit. He doesn't yeah. sell shit with his face. He's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like he, like if somebody chops him, he's like, 
Like, yeah, it, it's it's like, uh, this guy's making you look amazing and you're not doing that for him. And that's yeah. that's kind of sucks a little bit. But. Yeah, there's there's certain there's certain guys that like I watch that are super cringy when they sell shit. I, I, I love Dolph. I love Dolph Ziggler sells like he sells that shit like a pro. And and you you can literally throw him off the top of the cage, and this dude is going to be getting wheeled out in a in a in a stretcher, and he's going to be gone for a month, right? But then you got other guys that that no sell the shit. Like uh, I love Pentagon, but he's another one, uh, Pentagon Junior. He's another dude that doesn't sell shit. Like and it's weird because you got a polar opposite, right? You got Pentagon, and he's all, and, and th- those dudes are perfect examples of that. Like. That perfect examples of the like, okay, we're we're all accepting and believing that this is a work, and like gonna go okay, we'll s- suspend our complete disbelief of this, and then and then try to get aggressive in your face about like, like, uh, choose a lane on this one. Yeah. What? Quick question. What do you feel about the CM Punk return and like everything that's transpired over the year? Um. I. I I'm a huge CM Punk fan. I've always been a huge CM Punk fan. Um, I I kind of am hoping it's a little bit of a work, but I do think that the way shit has been running as far as like, and, and I've, I've been saying it forever, uh, All Elite Wrestling, the fact that you named the company All Elite, and it's like, it means that like, you got to be in this friend group to be a part of it. Yeah, and 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 that always showed red flags to me. Uh, I think, like many many cases, I don't I don't know the young bucks, nor have I ever met them, but I know lots of people who they've, you know, buried and really really like blackballed and shit on, and like it's 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 almost like it's almost like they're. They're like the nerds who convinced the jocks that they were better than them. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it's, it's annoying. Like, I don't know. This all, this is, uh, this is all like third party from afar from what I've seen, but it seems like, I've I've been anti anti friend friend favors all of wrestling like my whole wrestling career. That might be why I'm nowhere. Maybe that's why I've never made a made a career and like made a uh, like a made a living off of this shit. But it's it's like, bro, like where's the meritocracy? It's all it's all based off of who you know, who you're friends with, who you pretend is cool, who you. Like who you glad hand to, yeah, and that bothers me some. Like, okay. I used to, I used to love the Bucks, and and when AEW started up, I was like, no, they're not as good as I thought they were, you know. It's, uh, like, it's like the same match every single time. Yeah, and yeah, you got like, flippy dip a, shit. Take a take a minute and a half to set up a a spot that you're gonna do. And it's like everybody here doesn't believe that this is a shoot, not for even one second. Mm. Like, 
that's that's why that's why I fully love FTR. Like, and I I actually have gained a gained a new appreciation for FTR as a tag team, um, because they did work in NXT, WWE, and then now AEW, and even on the independents. Like they have put work in, and their matches are 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 quality matches. They're not well, doing I, flippy dip shit. I think that's going to go back to me saying like. Uh, a thing the 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 politicking of the young bucks to like get the belts off of them yeah. off of a team who's not even a team as to not have to wrestle FTR again to like round out the rubber match it just yeah. seemed uh like very pol- political and it seemed like oh we're we're EVPs we can pull this off yeah well all we want to do oh, and Forgive me for sounding like Cornette. I love Cornette. I listen to Cornette all the time. But, like, uh, for sure, it's like, oh, well, well, let's get these belts off of us so that we can get these other belts and play with our trampoline friends. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I don't think that they should have ever been EVPs in the first place. Like, them, Kenny Omega, or Cody, they should never have, have been EVPs because, one – you're no longer a peer when but, when when you're in like, that position. But like they're not doing anything with those roles besides giving their friends jobs. Yeah. There are there are so many people who wrestle in AEW. When I watch them wrestle, I go, "How does this person make a living off of this business and I never have?" Mhm. Yep. Bro, like it just hit 20 years that I've been Corey Castle. Damn. I've been wrestling as Corey Castle longer than I was alive previous to wrestling as Corey Castle. Yeah. It's it's fucking weird. Who would you say is your top five of all time? Top five of all time? Uh, Triple H. um, Eddie Guerrero. Kurt Angle. Uh, it's it's an ever-changing list. It used to always be number one was Chris Jericho, mm-hmm. but I, I don't I, I I don't want to be mean and say like it feels like he's become a parody of himself. He has though. But yeah, it's kind of how it is. Uh, I saw I saw a video today comparing the big show getting the ECW championship to triple or to uh, Chris Jericho winning the ring of honor title. And I was like, yeah, it does kind of feel that way. Huh? Yeah, it does. I don't think he had any, he, he I, I don't think that he should have had it. And I know that they're going to say, Oh, it's because of TV deal for ring of honor and that's cool and everything, but you had the belt on Claudio. Right. A man that, knew, that knew so quick. Yeah. Yeah. The, a man that could, that could have had that title and run with that title. And they could have said, Hey, look, here's a ring of honor original that went to WWE was successful, came back, you know, and, and he wants to help ring of honor out as their champion. Right. I mean, they could even put it on bandito. Bandito's a goddamn animal. 
This this match that he had list past week was the first time I've ever seen him wrestle before. It's the first time I've ever seen a full match of his. I've seen other mat like uh, highlights from other matches, but I think that he was undersold because it was Jericho. I I was thinking while the match was happening that was with Jericho this past week. I was like, oh, it's like Jericho's wrestling one of the spy versus spy guys. <laughs> I thought the same thing because he came out with that with the hat. Yeah, and the the, the bandana yeah. hanging off. I was like, yeah. kind of looks like one of the spy versus spy dudes. Yeah, I love Jericho, but I feel like he needs to stop trying to hang with some of these some of these younger guys. Like, and, and even even guys that are outside of his like at the time his style. Like, there's no reason he should have fought Hoovitude again. Bro, did you watch? That was that was, that was terrible, terrible, hard to watch. That was, Ungood, very not no. good. Um, yeah, that was terrible. The blood and guts this past time was embarrassing. It was embarrassing for the company. Like mm -hmm. the presentation, this is the presentation where you can hook the people who aren't fans. Like yeah. cage matches and stuff is always a bigger draw. So yeah. if you got more audience eyes on it, you're just going to show them this stuff is all getting messed up. Like, like there was like, they were like stalling on top of the cage for a while. And then mm -hmm. you watch like Jericho scream, tell Claudio to get up here. Like mm -hmm. where's Claudio at? And it was like, and I was like, this seems like too, too stalled and too contrived. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like they tried to top the previous one, and they can't. Like, it was cool to see Sammy get thrown off the top of it, but you know who would have had more, ha had a better reception if he got thrown off the top? It was Eddie Kingston. That would have made more sense, right? Because for the past two or three blood and guts, the heels have won, right? So why would this be any different? You want the faces to get a win, but you could have the faces pick up a win against Mox because that would set up for uh, your 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 championship match or or another feud match or, or Danielson. I mean, they knocked Danielson out for Christ's sake in this stadium stampede match or whatever it was called. Right. I mean, you could have had them do the same thing, or I mean, no, he what Danielson wasn't in it. It was it was Claudio, but still, I mean, you could have Wheel of You to eat the pin. It's not going to hurt him. It didn't make sense. Who's, uh, who's your top five? Mm, mm, top five. Okay. And this is going to be controversial just based off of the name alone. And this is in no particular order, but Benoit, um, Angle, I have to agree with Triple H, Regal. I would also, I want to say X Pac too. X Pac is good. High up on my list. X Pac is good. Sting. I, I'd have to throw a sting in there. And, and Benoit's a controversial name every time I say it. People are like, how could you like him? He was a great in-ring worker. I, I won't say it because, I mean, dude, work rate work rate is important. Somehow work rate is important now, but, like, but like, there's so much poor work rate now. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a weird – it's such a weird time. Yeah. 
it's such a weird time right now because like work rate is supposed to be important, but like so many people don't have it who are pushed to the moon. Yeah. Like I think there is and how can I say this with still being somebody who would like to make a living in this business <laughs> and not not be not be across as a jerk or a hater, but like <laughs> not bury yourself. There is so much over pushed talent in wrestling, yeah. like over hyped, over booked, over pushed talent. Un I, and for me, it, it makes me feel like a jerk to say somebody doesn't deserve the push that they're getting. Yeah. Because like I want everybody to deserve everything they're getting for sure. And the only way to get it is to have it and see how you go with it. But um dude, the the, the amount of people's faces who don't change, like yeah, like fuck change your fucking face. Like that was <laughs> the first thing I learned in wrestling was like, yo, don't Act like you belong here. Yeah. I want to see on your face that you believe you belong here. Like that was one of one of like the very important things. Uh, Eddie Valentine was one of my trainers, and he focused a lot of energy on making sure I, when I step in that ring, I believed I belong there. And especially now, because the place is called Elite, and yeah. the word that he used back in two thousand one was Elite. He was like. He said something like, okay, you're here because you believe that you belong here, right? The the amount of, like, baseball teams in every school, there's a football team in every school, there's a wrestling team in every school, there's a, there's a karate schools on strip malls. How many wrestling schools are there? You had to seek it out, and you had to believe that you belong there so much. You're part of the elite. You yep. believed enough that you were elite enough to be here above all the other people who would have never known this place existed. Like, mm -hmm. such, it's, it, I, I, forgive me because that, that probably wasn't the wording he used, but that was, that was the, that was the, 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 the lessons. That was yeah. the lessons inside of it. And yeah. that, that's, that'll be something I say to everybody if I teach any kind of seminars or anything, I'm like, show me in your face that you believe that you belong here. Yeah. Do everything you do on purpose, serving the purpose that you are somebody who belongs here to do this. Right. There's, there's one other person that I enjoy, but I'm getting to that point where it's like enough is enough. I love Darby Allen. I love his story. I love the resiliency that he has. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. He's, he is. The problem that I have, and I have two, is how am I supposed to believe small five foot five, 120 pounds soaking wet Darby Allen can beat an an absolute animal like Brody King? But you're also seeing a guy in jeans with his hands in his pockets throwing weak true. ass kicks to everybody. So no, and, and I believe that too. Right. So you know. like, like we're 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 agreeing to mm. um to let our suspension of disbelief sway one way or the other. Yes. Yeah. 
there's a phrase that I've been using for a while now that I'm trying to get it to go viral and I want everyone to say it and please use this. If you give me credit for it, cool. If you don't, whatevs. But when it comes to like not being able to tell if something's a work or a shoot, like, you know, a work shoot, mm-hmm. uh, I've been calling that gray fabe. Gray fabe. Gray like fabe. Because it. it's like, it's not, it's not fully black, black or white. It's and it's kayfabed, so uh, it's kayfabe. Yeah, my, that it was also like you know when people people break kayfabe on their on their social medias and post pictures with uh, with their opponents. That that's kayfabe to me. Yeah, my my that that's my problem. That's my problem with Darby. Is that is how am I supposed to believe a hundred and twenty pound dude can destroy or can beat? Uh, beat you know uh brody king and then and then secondly is i i love sting he's one of my favorite and and i believe he still has a place in wrestling to do what he's doing but they are beating everyone literally everybody and every feud that they've been in since they've been a team they beat team taz they beat uh they beat the the nightmare factory not nightmare factory but whatever uh, the factory yeah the factory they beat them uh they beat they beat the pinnacle they beat just beat house of black like how and, and then on top of that you're trying to establish house of black as this like force to be reckoned with two of them are leaving well actually malachi confirmed that he's just taking a break he well, hasn't that's got, what i mean that's what i mean yeah, uh, leaving yeah. like not going to be yeah. there yeah pers- like consistently on tv yeah and you're supposed to be establishing them as these top, as your top heel faction, but you've got Darby and Sting beating them at every turn. That shit doesn't make sense to me at all. Well, something, something I think that I always said was like, if, if, if we're gonna have, if we're gonna have two matches and I beat you in, in both of them, why does anyone want to see the third one? That's true. It's very true, and and I feel like right now AEW is is rinse and repeat of WCW, where they're picking up all these big names, and they don't have anything to do with them. Like, I mean, obviously you got the guys like Swerve and Keith Lee that are you know that I feel like they're going to split up here very soon uh, and start their own feud. But you had Miro, Miro ran hot with that TNT title, and then nothing. Mm-hmm. Dude, nothing. The, the the stuff he's been doing with the the Redeemer, all that stuff is awesome. Like, wow, dude, the, this is a star. This guy is a fucking superstar. Yeah. Like, it's like we're kind of letting it slip through our fingers. Yeah. Uh, on like giving this guy the push that he should be getting. Um, dude. It, it's funny because I don't I don't think I've had too much AEW talk on the show because uh, <laughs> nobody nobody I ever have on is a big fan of it like me. But uh, yeah, the uh, dude, what about what about was that um, the Grand Grand Slam? Mm-hmm. That the, when they when they bumped Julia Hart off the off the Ooh. ring. Did you see that? I did. <laughs> As soon as she hit the ground, like I was streaming it on TikTok on live, mm-hmm. 
And as soon as she hit the ground, I was like, oh, dude, she completely missed that fucking table. That looked yeah. bad. I hope she's okay. Like, too. But that was a like, bad landing. But like her ass broke the table or something. Yeah. Her ass broke the table. The rest of it broke the ground. Yeah. It was, that was rough. That was rough. And then when Darby, when Darby took that bump and got, got his oh, split hard weight, hard mm. weight in the back. Yeah. It seemed like that was too much for the first match on a show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, there's, there's dudes that are taking bumps left and right. And it's just like, like, and we're not talking about good bumps. Talk, yeah, not talking about good bumps. Dude, AEW botches. Do you follow that on, on Twitter? No, I don't. Follow, and and I think also on Instagram. Follow mm -hmm. AEW botches. It's mm -hmm. like so many people get hurt. Like, oh, yeah. that's a big problem. They like they must they gotta get some like real enforcers <laughs> to like really agent these matches. Because I know they have producers or coaches, but they've got to, they've got to like have more rules or something. They got to like rehearse more or something. I'm not hearing you. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My, my mic dropped down. I actually hit the mute button. Anyways, from my understanding, AEW doesn't have like a performance center and they don't have like a, like an actual facility where people train. And one of my biggest issues is when I see, when I see people botch and I see people botch habitually, there's something off with their training. I've never been formally trained in a ring. Habitually. Habitually. Yes. I've, <laughs> I've never, I've never been trained in the ring but I have an eye for things that don't look right. And um, you can call it my military training, you can call it whatever, but I have a, an eye for things that don't look right. And I've seen it look right a, a handful of times and I see it look wrong, I'm gonna be able to pick it out. And one of the things that really got to me was what I, I love Shotzi, Shotzi Blackheart and I think what she's doing and what she has done is great. But then since she's got to, to WWE, even NXT, she's a botch machine. And I have, more than one time said I feel she should go back to the PC and hone her craft, and I've gotten shit on because of it. Oh, she doesn't need to go back. Shotsy botsy. <laughs> Bocci Blackheart. <laughs> just like just like I've I've called Sasha Banks Bocha Banks because like like those are two women that I feel botch a lot. They try a lot and they botch it. And and I've 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 said I feel like Shotzi should go back to the PC, hone her craft, dumb it down a little bit, and then come back and, you know, perform at a better rate. Now I've gotten shit on. Why do you, you're sexist. You just don't like women. No, no. I'm just calling as I see it. You know, it's not like, it's not like she's hurt anybody, but when you botch something, you have the potential to hurt somebody. Well, not just that too many people are trying things above what they're able to do mm -hmm. and not, not practicing them enough times. Yeah. Like, Perhaps, perhaps more practice needs to be done. On, yeah, on these spots, we need to like spend the whole day figuring out uh, that spot. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare that you see you see people like 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 Seth Rollins or or guys like Kevin Owens or Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa, any of those guys 
botch a move. It's very rare. And when they do, it's it's a it's a bad botch. It it, it hurts somebody and they feel terrible about it, but they go back and they practice until they don't do it. They don't do that shit anymore. Uh, well, I think it was, was it raw this week? Uh, uh, it was like, they did a tag match. It was like Johnny Gargano and mm. Kevin Owens yeah. against uh, Alpha Academy. Was it, was that who it yeah. was? Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then uh, Johnny Gargano tried to, do like while he was tagged out, he was on the outside of the ropes. He was on the apron, and he tried to do that step up in Sagiri mm-hmm. on uh, onto the inside on Chad Gable, and he mm-hmm. missed him completely. And I was like, <laughs> Ugh. I, I'm already so 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 tired of Insegiris. Like mm-hmm. I could never see another one again, and be fully fine. Like right, we're like. We're going okay. We're, oh, concussions are a thing, but let's kick somebody in the head all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. don't like that. I feel like there's certain moves that should be protected that are way overdone now. I've been very vocal on it. What moves do you think are overdone? The spear, the destroyer, Canadian destroyer is way yes, overdone. way overdone. Super kicks way overdone and there's one more the the stunner's not there because not everybody does it but the cutter is another one way overdone yeah four four moves that should be protected that should be match enders right there the super kick should be a match ender you're kicking homie right in the jaw and naturally everything we know physiologically about you get kicked in the jaw or hitting the jaw you're going to sleep homie Um, you know, a cutter, a cutter is a, is a match ender. We've seen it with DDP and, and Randy Orton, but everybody seems to do it now. Yeah. Um, you, you've got the spear, which spear is supposed to be a match ender right there, but you got everybody and their mother doing it. And then, uh, and then the destroyer, the destroyer was supposed to be that one move that only PD Williams can do. And then everybody's adopted it. Yeah, everybody's adopted much. it th- through their spin on it. And, and it's okay now. And everybody kicks out of it. Did you see when Edge just did one? Yeah, yeah, I was like, God think, damn it! Uh, was it at the the ca- Clash of the Castle or something? Yeah, yeah, he did it. Uh, Dustin Rhodes, I love Dustin, but he has no business doing a destroyer. <laughs> no. I, I mean, fucking everybody's doing it now, and it's like, okay, this mat, th- this move went from being great to like, eh, it's a, it's a transition move now. Well, like it's been, especially because like the. The the way that like you never see it out of nowhere. You always see it like like oh we've got to do this and this and this and set it up. It's all so perfectly set up and it looks so like synchronized swimming. Yeah. Um, and you know that's probably has something to do with and and uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on Adam Cole or anything, but like he has to he has to like get you. He has to like get you bent over right in the corner so they can jump. Yeah. The, like it's like it's too fake. Yeah, like, it's not believable. Like at all. Like it's, no, I, and that's what I loved about Petey Williams is like Petey could take that move and really transition into it from anything. Right. Right. So he's getting power bombed. He reverses a power bomb into it. Boom. It's done. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he wrestled Chris Saban and Chris Saban went to do his finishing move. I can't remember what it was called. But he went to transition into it when he came down, boom, right into the destroyer. 
It's believable. He had that like crossbreaker thing, right? Yeah. 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 He did he did something like it, it was almost like an insigiri where he had you it was like a fireman's insigiri where he boom hooked your legs. It was like the fit like I, I it was weird. It was a weird I can't even remember the name of it. A fireman's where like he landed like a like a Michinoku driver kind of thing. Oh yeah, like a Michinoku driver. Yeah, it was like a Michinoku driver, but the legs were crossed. So Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, more leverage on it. But I don't even know why I called it insigiri, but I think we were talking about insecurities because I just brought up insecurities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "What the fuck am I thinking?" Anyways, Kicking it's like a dude's in the head. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the head a bunch. Yeah, and there was this. There's this recent like this recent beef on TikTok. Not really beef, but question going around: Who has the best spear? And everybody's like, Edge has the best spear, and that's because they love Edge. And I'm like, he definitely doesn't. And I'm gonna tell you why. And I said, there's there's three people right now that hold the best spear, and I don't think anybody else has it. One is Goldberg, and I hate Goldberg. Absolutely despise Goldberg. <laughs> but his spear is amazing. Uh, Roman Reigns' spear now is great. He used to have a shit spear, but it's great now. And then um, the Gore by Rhino. All three of them. And I, and I said... All th- what all three of them have in common is the follow through, right? So the setup for the move, you're in the corner, whatever. Dude turns around, you go, you hit him, you follow through, you don't drop down. That's what is the problem with edges or the problem with all the other spears that I see is, is that when you hit the dude, you grab him, you fall down. And I'm like, that doesn't look effective. But if you hit the dude and you drive through, that looks super effective. And everyone's like, "Oh, you're just you, you're just biased." No, I'm not biased, and I've told you, I, I already, I, I'm not a fan of Goldberg. I love Rhino, but you know his spear looked effective, and and uh, Roman, I like Roman. I like his his character work, but I don't think he's the best in the ring. But their spears look effective, and that's what matters. I my opinions on spears is that it's a good it's a good spot to just get a good baby face pop. Like yeah. it, 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 it just pops a crowd. It yeah. easily, it easily pops a crowd, especially, especially for when I would do them. I, I don't think I've done them in a really long time because I'm never a baby face anymore. But like as soon as, <laughs> as soon as, as soon as you like push the hair, as soon as you touch the hair and you're, and you go to do a spear, the crowd goes, ah, it's a huge pop. The crowd always pops big for it. Yeah. I think the best part about the spear with Roman is that when you see him lining up in the corner and he does that oh thing, I can't even do it. Whenever he does that, even as a heel, people are like, oh, shit, the match is over. Well, it's like, fucking over. <laughs> I, I I was saying years ago that like Roman, it was like you watch a Roman Reigns match, you're going to see him run at you, do a Superman punch, going to run at you, do a spear, and like that's like going to be the through line of most of the match. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's changed now, but. You know, what's changed about it is he, 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 he put, he put, he put a headlock in there threw a headlock in there. You know, what, dude, that move looks terrible. That, that, that front, that front thing that he yeah. does, that what the is chin it, lock. The choke that like it looks dumb when he does it. And, um, Oh, the guillotine? Yeah. Oh, God. You know what? It's because it's like, 
and I'm gonna have to say this about every hold. When I was taught holds, my one of my trainers, John Dahmer, he'd always be like, "Stay moving, stay making it look like you're wrenching it in. Yeah. Don't just like put it and hold it there. Yeah. It's like it doesn't look like it hurts. No. It doesn't look like it doesn't look like it's uh, affecting anybody in any way. No. So Anybody with any combat sports experience looks at that move and they're like, they eat it alive. I mean, because like, you know, the guillotine, the guillotine, you're supposed to have the head under and, and the chin's supposed to sit right here in the nook. And, of, uh, and doing a guillotine takes your energy away from you. Yeah. That's something that I think that like us as wrestlers haven't sold that enough that like this shit, like holding all this, all this mic here, it's yeah. fucking tiring. Yeah. Like yeah. holding in a shoot guillotine gets you fucking tired. And you're like, yeah. oh, God, I really hope this taps the guy because I'm putting everything into this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the same as like rear naked chokes, too. I've only seen two people that do rear naked chokes appropriately, and they look real. And that's that Shayna Baszler. Obviously, she has background mm -hmm. in and mixed martial arts. And then Joe, Samojo. And and that's because they're that is their match ender. That well, Joe has the muscle buster, but he broke somebody's neck with it. So <laughs> not a muscle. Not a muscle. He broke a neck. A bone. Did, did, you, <laughs> did you watch the uh hook in action Bronson? I was surprised that that was the longest match I've ever seen hook in. That was, that was good. It was good. It was, I have I'll, no complaints about that. I thought Axon Bronson. He surprised has a the shit out of me. Yeah. It was yeah. like it was like it was like watching a young Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. Like he yeah. he 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 can move, man. He can mm -hmm. move and he's believable. There's two other like mega stars that I was really impressed with when I watched him. Bad Bunny and Logan Paul. You weren't gonna say Shaq? All, only thing, okay. Shaq did a power bomb. Okay, Shaq did a power bomb. Shaq, Shaq Fu moves. Remember the Shaq Fu game for Sega? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shaq took. Shaq did some power bombs. He did a clothesline, and they took a table table spot. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. about it. Yeah, I don't. There's nothing memorable about the Shaq match. No, but that. But Logan Paul's match at SummerSlam with the Miz was pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, oh, dude, I just bought. I just bought some of the. Um, some of his energy drink stuff. Yeah. Beca because of because of his matches with the Miz. <laughs> he sold me. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I I'm excited. And I also to listened to did. his podcast that he did with Triple H. Was it good? Or, yeah. Uh, he did wait, did he did, did Triple H do his podcast? He did so he did one with Triple H, he did one with yeah. Roman, and I think yeah. Brock. Yeah, okay. The the one I watched with Triple H was the Ariel Hawani mm. interview. Okay. Uh, I don't think I watched Triple H with Logan Paul, but I definitely watched the Roman with Logan mm. Paul documentary or podcast. Yeah. Um, no. So, so I thought his match at SummerSlam was pretty awesome. And I was really surprised with Bad Bunny when he went WrestleMania two years ago where him and Damian Priest teamed up. Cause he they they put they put Bad Bunny in the ring for like most of the match, right? And they, they let him run with it. And, and the dude the dude actually I was like holy holy shit! Like at first I wasn't like excited to watch it. 
this is another like superstar coming in or another another megastar well-known name that hasn't been in the ring but you watch him in the ring and it's like this dude dedicated some time to train dude that was such a cool moment man i i love getting to see my friend on wrestlemania you know like watching fucking uh punisher martinez fucking oh yeah i was like I was like, I have friends over, and I was like, look, fucking our boy, Lou, is on, fucking, is on WrestleMania. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, it, was, it was neat as shit. He's, he's another dude that I think is going to be a future world champ. Yeah. I, he's I, got I, everything. I love it. Yeah. I'm, he inspires me, man. Uh, he's, him and I are the same age. So when I go like, oh, I'm too old for it, I'm too old. I'm like, no. Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. Well, dude, and then even you look at it, like his transformation from when he was in Ring of Honor to now, the dude is shredded, absolutely shredded. Yeah. And it makes me like super proud of the of the progress that he's made. You know, yeah. it's pretty awesome. Um, and then like, you know, seeing seeing him when when he uh, when he came out one of the takeovers and he had he had the Scott Hall inspired gear on. I was like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he does. He does the little like walk yeah, he, in the in the beginning. Yeah, it's it's cool how he's how he's doing that. It's even cooler now that it's tribute to somebody who's passed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What do you feel about this about this Ray and Dom storyline? Um, I think I think Ray is being too weak. I think Ray 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 Mysterio. Like, if you were trying to think about if it was real, like. Why would he not beat the shit out of his kid? Oh yeah. Like why the, why would he not I mean they're try it seems like they're trying to redo the Undertaker going like I'll never fight my brother. That whole it feels like they're trying to recreate that like oh I'm never going to hurt my kid. But like like he should. Like Yeah. Like it would it would be funny if they like made it seem realer. If yeah. like if like they like show him like show him like texting. It's like like if he curses him out and they just like bleep out him cursing him out. That mm-hmm. like what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Or like or like seeing him, you know, texting Dom and then Dom looks at it and he just throws throws his phone aside. Mm-hmm. Like some shit. Like he just doesn't want anything to do with him. But I, I love Ray. But I feel like Dom was brought into wrestling too soon. He's he's so he's green. Not he's not good, but he will be good. He will eventually be good. And uh, I like him better as a heel. I kind of like the what they're doing with the Judgment Day and the whole like Rhea Ripley having her her hooks in him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, like a seductress. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, this is this is actually the first time I see Rhea Ripley, and I'm like, yeah, like I don't <laughs> I don't think I ever I don't think I ever like found her attractive or anything, but like, but now I see her, I'm like, okay, she could ruin my life. Yeah, she <laughs> she's got the potential to ruin lives, I'm sure. <laughs> did you see? Oh my god, did you see uh, what Buddy Matthews put up? On Twitter, so it was it was Dom, and then it had Aaliyah, you know Dom's sister, and then uh, and then Rhea, and they were fighting, 
and uh, there was a picture of the two of them. And Buddy Matthews put up a uh, put me up for adoption on a pole match because because <laughs> he had that storyline with Aaliyah, yeah, and then yeah. he's dating he's dating uh, Rhea. Oh my god, I love it. Uh, but so, yeah, Dom, Dom's too cringy for me. Yeah, it's 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 strange to like. Okay, so I had this thought a lot where it's like compare the Attitude Era to now and the fact that like you wouldn't step to any of those like adult men in the Attitude Era. Not once. Would you even think that you could for a minute take them in a shoot fight like at all? Hell no. But now you watch the TV and you're like, oh, it's become quote unquote too inclusive. I don't want to. I don't want to say that in like a hateful way, but it's like, like your average viewer of a combat sport wants to see somebody who could beat the shit out of them. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I feel like most of the people who would watch any of these matches would be like, "Yeah, these these people aren't good. Like they're no. not somebody who I'd be afraid of." Yeah, I mean, even even like the lower end dudes from the Attitude Era, like like the Headbangers or like or like Taka Michinoku. I knew I could if if like now I knew if I stepped in the ring with them, I would get my ass beat, regardless of the, who they were. But like if you if you look now, you look at guys like the Miz. I I might be able to take them. I might be able to take you know certain certain dudes. I know that there's guys I wouldn't fuck with, but. Like I know that if I stepped in the ring with like Dom, I'd probably be able to take him. And it's not that's where it's the unbelievable part comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um like it's like some people have like very it's like it's just a lack of character, it's a lack of like believability, and it's like kind of like if there was like a way to get direction, yeah. Besides just fucking shaking it into you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, it was like certain things need more direction than they've got, and certain things are overly directed. So it's yeah. like we gotta we gotta distribute more evenly the yeah. the overly produced shit. Yeah, I, I like what they're doing with Walter though. Gunther oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! They, they need they yeah, need that, to just the shit, scratch dude. the Gunther thing and let him go back to Walter. They're not going to. No, they're not. They're not. I wish they would. But like when I first seen Walter, I was like, man, this dude's an animal. And then when he had that match with Pete Dunne, whoo! Dude, the, the Dragonoff matches. Good. Um, I mean, I, I would show them to non-fans mm-hmm. for sure. Like there yeah. are there are moments where I go like okay this is a match I'd show a non fan, mm-hmm. and I I wish I could say that about every match, but like yeah. like I've shown non fans matches and they're like why are they just standing there letting them hit them, why are they <laughs> oh hit them and then they stand there and go okay now you hit me why would they yeah. do that, and I go I I can't explain it why would they do that I don't know yeah. No, I, I know a lot of people that when I talk about being a pro wrestling fan, they're a non-fan. Uh, the next question, and, and they they say, okay, show me uh, a match. And then I start to pull up a match. They, the next question is, what's the most fucked up thing you've ever seen? I'm like, okay, so we're gravitating toward 
blood now or or messed up stuff. And, I, and then I show him McFoley, anything McFoley. And that actually created my wife to be a fan. Um, and we got to meet McFoley and uh, shortly after she became a fan. And it was it was awesome. McFoley's an amazing human being. Um, he's a dream. He's a dream guest on my podcast. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Nice. Folio, my podcast. I, I've um, I, the last couple times I've been on stage, I've been, and also like my my last match, I wore like a a flannel vest mm-hmm. as a tribute to Mick Foley, and I I wore it on stage, and I um, and I wore like a cactus jack shirt that one of the the picture that's on my my Twitter profile picture is me in mm-hmm. the cactus jack shirt on stage. That's- that's awesome. That's awesome. He, he was, he was, a, yeah, he was, he was, he's a really nice dude. And, uh, but when I went to go meet him, I was like, Hey, you created a wrestling fan of my wife. He's like, what do you mean? And I told him, I said, you know, she wanted, when her and I, cause when you start a relationship with somebody that's not a wrestling fan, it's kind of taboo. Wrestling's taboo. At least I feel that way. So I told my wife, I said, Hey, look, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. If you don't agree with that, sorry, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to stop watching wrestling. I just want you to know. And she said, well, I'm not opposed to it. I've never just been exposed to it. So I, you know, I was like, all right, cool. Well, you know, this is what this is about. And, and then she's like, well, show me the most fucked up thing you've ever seen. I was like, okay, here we go. So I showed her like, I showed her hell in a cell. I showed her her and triple H and or him and triple H and hell in a cell, uh, him and triple H at Royal rumble when they had that hardcore match, him and Vader. Um, and, uh, and just what about you know, what about him and Michaels, that uh, War Games or not War Games, Mind Games? I think it was called. I didn't like, see. I didn't show her that one. It's like a, at, in your house in Philly. Uh, hmm. That was a good one. I showed I showed her I showed her him versus Rock in the I Quit match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, that was that's cringy as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was did you did you see Beyond the Mat? Yeah. I watched it when I was a kid. I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> yeah, dude. I was just talking about that with my brother like minutes ago. And it was like, he was like, yeah, that was the first documentary that ever existed. They didn't have a name for them before that. They didn't, documentaries didn't exist before Beyond the Mat. <laughs> yeah. It, and then I, I watched it with my wife um, when we first started getting into it, when she first started getting into it and she fell in love with them, you know? And, and so and a really iconic moment, like when I was explaining that to him, he was like, okay. And then my wife was like five feet behind me. And he was like, Miss Lady or young lady, come up here. And he started showing her all of his injuries, dude, like the missing teeth, the ears. And he was telling the stories. And I was like, dude, this is like crazy because you only hear about these on TV. You don't hear them firsthand. And he was just this really nice, super down to earth guy. And I was like, you know what, man? You're probably you the nicest start, person. Start I've listening met. to his podcast. I didn't even know he had a podcast. He has a podcast called Foley Is Pod. It's really? a con, it's a Conrad Thompson. Mm. I think. Okay. Same with um, Kevin Nash's podcast. Have you? Mm. I've been listening to that a bunch. I I picked up on it a little bit. I Nash's. picked up a bit on um, Dutch Mantel's podcast as well recently. Mm. There's two podcasts I will never listen to, like wrestling podcasts. Well, three really. And you're not gonna like one of them that I say, but I, I, I won't. I'm listen. already. I already know what you're gonna say. I'm not gonna listen to cornets. 
Okay. <laughs> you already knew that one. I'm not going to listen to Eric Bischoff's. Um, and uh, fuck, who is the other? Uh, Jeff Jarrett. I didn't even know he had one. Oh, yeah. I know, His show's all right. I know him and Conrad went back and forth. And like, I don't know if it was a work or if it was real. You know, you know, if I was a bigger name, Conrad would want to produce my podcast. <laughs> He's just doing everybody's. Yeah. If I, was a, when, if I was a bigger name, if I was, if I was somebody in the eighties or nineties or something. Yeah. I know. So did you see, did you see Jarrett's podcast with Conrad right after he attacked uh, Ric Flair? No. Oh my God. No, man. I, I only caught like the first few episodes and, um, I don't. I don't think it, it, it. I was never a big enough fan of Jeff Jarrett's for that to like hook me. Yeah, I I only caught it because I wanted to see where the what the angle was for for the last match. I didn't watch the Ric Flair's last match because I don't think Ric Flair is a goat. I, I I'm not a fan of Ric Flair. I've never um, I've never been a fan of Ric Flair either, and, and and that's something that's not something I like to admit ever. But I always thought he like made it look phony like as a as a fan when i was a kid he would like put somebody in a headlock and he'd go yeah and i always thought that that was uh for the people just listening i did this like phony little punch to a yeah. headlock yeah but um it just it always made me feel like like this isn't like this isn't good this isn't yeah. like macho man rick ricky steamboat like, yeah, uh, I I get a lot of heat when I say I don't Rick, I don't think Ric Flair's you know the best of all time. Maybe maybe prior to WCW he was, maybe. Um, but WCW he was not that great. He was a, a shell of who he was. Yes, it's it's it was it was bizarre because it's I I want to be a fan. I I deep down in my heart I've like read his book. I am a huge fan of what he's done. I, I'm a huge fan of him having the belief in himself that he was the greatest. I am a fan of that confidence. Uh, Ric Flair has been epic, uh, an epic part of the wrestling business. He's yeah. meant a lot to a lot of people and has created a ton of big moments for a lot of people, but I'm not going to watch his last match where he's, you know, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't watch it because I would be afraid that he'd die in the middle of the ring. But I think that's well, like kind of what he wants. Well, I mean that that's kind of, that's kind of almost what happened. You know, uh, I think Jay Lethal did lethal injection on him, and he couldn't get up after that. Like, legitimately, could not get up. It was literally lethal. <laughs> Pretty lethal. Um, but yeah, no, so I wanted to watch the podcast or at least find out the backstory. And the first words out of Conrad Thompson's mouth were, fuck you, you attacked a 70-something-year-old man and made him bleed. And Jarrett was like, pretty much, I, I don't know if it was real, if like Jarrett has real heat with with Flair, but he was like, he was like, fuck him. He's, you know, he's nothing. He's he's a nobody. He's he hasn't been a nobody forever. He's just a drunk piece of shit and like went in on on flair and i was like oh my god dude but the angle behind it was really good um lethal had attacked 
Lethal attacked uh, Flair because Lethal wasn't invited to the last match like everybody else was. And so, you know, Jarrett came to help Flair out. Flair spit on him, told him he didn't want his fucking help. And Jarrett just started beating the piss out of him and bloodied him up. And I was like, okay. There's not, All right. it, there's not enough there to make me uh, want to care. No, no. If if you would have put Steamboat in that, and if you would have said Steamboat and Flair, I'd have been all right with it. Two old right, dudes no, going at that it. Would have been more marketable. That would have been more. Um, would have probably sold more, sold more streams. Oh yeah, yeah, would, and would have got asses in seats. Oh yeah, and and I mean, like on top of that, like your career-ending match, you want it to be against your greatest foe of all time, right? You could argue Sting was one of his because him and Sting went back and forth. Steamboat, you know, Undertaker, what have you. Most of those names aren't going to show up for your last match. Hey, you know uh, what match happened in Philly that I got to, that I got to be there for? What's that? It was uh, Hulk Hogan's very last match against Sting in TNA. Oh, really? Where he was like, he wrestled in jeans. Oh, yeah, where he was just bloodied up. He was gigged all over the place. Yeah, he was fucking... <laughs> Gushing all over the place, but I was there for that. <laughs> Where him and Sting both bled? Probably. I I don't recall too much of it, uh, but I just knew that it was Hulk Hogan's yeah. last match. Do, okay, so so what is your favorite pay per view of all time? If you had to choose one, and you said this is my defining pay per view. I know mine. Why don't you tell me yours first? Okay, it's going to sound really, really strange, but Starcade 97. Starcade 97, because that's when I got back into watching. When I was a kid, I leg dropped my sister, okay? And I got wrestling taken away from me. My sister <laughs> was like was like two years younger than me. I leg dropped her, got it taken away for a while. Starcade 97 was the pay-per-view I came back to. And I was able to watch it and enjoy it. And I, my favorite match of all time is out of there, and, and it's Dean Malenko and Jericho. Or no, sorry, Dean Malenko and, and Eddie Guerrero. And just phenomenal match. But I loved it because that's where my passion and love for Sting came, was watching the Crow Sting come back after a year and a half of not wrestling. Even though it was a shit match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sting doesn't like to have those nowadays. It seems like it seems like um, the like it seems like he like ticks ticks all the boxes in the correct row now i don't yeah. I don't see i don't see it's it's funny to, it's funny to see that and to say that the fact that like sting is the exact same age as my mom is it, it cracks me up because i'm like i couldn't see my mom doing dives off of stages no dude's doing suicide dives off the top of a titan tron bro like come yeah, on it's, it's 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 like man he's really dusted it off Right, he's he, really dust. He's really he, dusted off like the rust. He he volunteered to take to take Jeff Hardy's spot when Jeff did the the Swanton bomb off like the small little ledge in the and and the little foyer area mm -hmm. of that yeah. arena. Mm -hmm. Oh, Sting was like, "Yeah, I volunteered to do that, bro. You are gonna break a hip and probably have a heart attack. Calm down." Right, it's it's like uh, <laughs> well, it's like. Bro, you can't you can't do big dives like that and probably take Metamucil. Like no. it's it's like you, you, 
You get the senior citizens discount. Yeah, you go to Golden Crow, you get the senior citizens discount, dude. Calm down. Yeah, just just move to Florida like all the other senior citizens and <laughs> ride it out till ride it out. Ride out, dude. Famously for a really long time, like the amount of money Sting made was a verb. They would say Sting money. Yeah. So like there's no way he is doing it for the money. No. It is like he is all about uh, watching what his legacy becomes at yeah. 64 years old. Yeah. I mean, if you want to dive off things, I mean, cool, go for it. But at the end of the day, man, you could go and literally do so, like like autograph signings and appearances for AEW and be okay or be, be a commentator for fuck's sake. I mean, we need to get we need to get Taz away from the commentary table, okay? No, Taz is awesome, dude. I love Taz, Taz, but Taz is like my favorite part. I think Taz I, is a, a way better commentary commentator than like everybody else that's out there. I like, I do I do I like Excalibur. I, I I go back and forth with it, but I for sure like Taz more than Excalibur. I I, I like Taz better than Corey Graves. I'll tell you that one. All right. Why is that? Corey Graves simps over Carmelo all the time. I know they're married, right? Mm-hmm. I know that they're married, but he simps over her all the time when she comes out. And and like he's he's filling the role of the heel announcer great. Great. That's perfect. But it's too much. It's way too much sometimes. And I'm like, fuck man, just please stop. Shut up. Somebody put a sock in his mouth. And that's how I felt like like, you know, um, how I felt Michael Cole was for a long time. I think that Corey Graves is is good. I think um, I like him as a com- as a heel commentator a lot. I kind of think he stole Corey from me. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of think he did. Like, <laughs> just I mean, he stole Cole. He's he seen Corey. He's seen Corey Castle, and he's like, I want his name. <laughs> yeah, he, he was like, you know, who's had the coolest names in the business who I've run across? Uh, Corey Castle, probably. You ever wrestled him? Uh, I've only done angles with him. I've never had a match with him. Okay, but um, we did. Um, I, I used to I used to work for his dad. His dad promoted shows in Pittsburgh. Uh, so his dad and his brother ran shows and i only worked for them like two or three times mm. but um uh i remember and and, and this this is like a, a weird impression and and the 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 tactical aspects of remaining vertical in a vertical suplex mm-hmm. um, you know ideally you'd want the person who you're giving a vertical suplex to to hold their legs up straight as you can and mm-hmm. and and it's fully fine and pretty acceptable to switch your post. Mm-hmm. So Sam was trying to get uh, his friend up. Ashton was the kid's name. He was trying to get him up vertical for him to do like a, like a, like a, like a Michinoku or some, some, mm-hmm. some driver or something. And, and they were going for it and the guy couldn't never stay up. And me in the ring with them before the show even started trying to help them. I was like, try it once where you switch your post. And 
S S J K, whatever the fuck his name was, Sterling James Keenan. He he was like, No, don't switch the post. And like was kind of a dick. And I was like, I was like, I'm helping. Of course, yeah. like uh if you switch the post, you're gonna be able to hold that guy's big ass vertical for another second. Like yeah. if you're if you're just like let like let him hold you, no post. Yeah. It's like uh how good is it gonna look? Yeah. Now, are you a submission man? Do you like submission moves? Uh I don't do a lot of them, but I like them. Mm. What's your favorite submission move of all time? Uh, um, uh, I'd say the lion tamer, probably. Mm. It's simple. It's simple and effective. Yeah. My Mine's the clover leaf. I fucking love the clover leaf. I love it. I like when Dean Malenko did it, and then when Seamus started using, it, I was like, "Yes, the fucking clover leaf." It's when, weird because not many Malenko, people like that. I always think about Malenko doing it to Lita, like when he oh, was yeah. becoming like the, the stalker <laughs> yeah. on Lita. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just watched that pay per view where it was a six man tag with Lita in it, and he put her he put her in the. Uh, and at the end, and she's just passed out, and he's not letting it go. He's like, come on, tap. And I was like, man, that's great. That's great. <laughs> so in all the podcasts that you have done now, mm -hmm. in the what has it been, like six months now? Nah, it's only been like not three even. or four. Yeah, three in, the, or four. in the three or four months that you've done podcasts, mm -hmm. uh, what question have you not been asked that you wanted to be asked? Oh, that's a good one. Um, okay. Why Alaska? A lot of people, have, I've been asked this, you know, when I, when I go on live on TikTok, nobody's ever asked me why I stay in Alaska. I was, I was considering asking that at one point. Yeah. For real, that was a that was a question I was uh, wanting to ask you. Yeah, any so question why, is why open. Alaska? Uh, well, so I was stationed or up not, here. Not, not just not just why, but the how also. Okay. So how? so okay. you kind of you kind of explain that with the station department. Okay, so so I was I was in the army. Uh, I, I'm a vet. I was in the army from 2006 to 2019. Um, I got medically retired for traumatic burn injury. You know what that is. Uh, this shit ton of concussions and your life becomes unmanageable. And uh, my life became unmanageable. And the army said, essentially, uh, we don't need you anymore because you're a liability. And so um, I went, I got stationed. My first duty station was in Italy. I got stationed there. Then got stationed over at Fort Bragg in North Carolina. And then um, when I got promoted um, to Staff Sergeant E6, I got my list of places opened up and they said you can go virtually anywhere you want and i handed my ex-wife um the the list and she said alaska alaska sounds great so i came up here and that's when uh the army said we don't need you anymore um in that time i was going through a divorce um and i really loved it when i got up here because it was peaceful it was serene um 
it reminded me of home because I grew up. So, so I said earlier, I grew up in, in Erie, Pennsylvania, but I was born and, and raised in, um, in West Virginia, Maryland, in the mountains. And so when I came here, it reminded me of home and, and the cold. I like a, did, did you grow up in like a, like a, like a Amish house or Mennonite house? Mennonite. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did did, did did you guys build the house yourselves? No, no. So so uh, ours Mennonite was our 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 sect of of Mennonite weren't like strict. Like we had TV, we had our had a car, we were able to go eat food. We didn't make our own clothes, we didn't make our own house. But my grandpa, like grandpa, did everything else. You you name it. My grandpa was a carpenter. He was an electrician. Uh, he was a plumber. He was a jack of all trades. Um, and he worked for the university of Maryland for 25 years. Uh, my grandma was a nurse, but then she ended up being a stay at home grandma. And that's who I grew up with. Um, but yeah, I actually grew up in the backwoods of Maryland. Have you seen Blair Witch Project? Yeah. Okay. I grew up 15 minutes from, from Burkittsville. But I, I have to say, I saw that movie in the movie theater. So mm -hmm. like when that first came, I, who knows how long ago, which means I probably don't remember it at all. I've okay. also had a lot of concussions. Yep. And, uh, yep. So, so I did. A, yeah. So I grew up there, uh, which has uh, given me a, a developed a very unhealthy fear of the woods at night. Um, but that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, but when I got up here, I started doing a lot of nature stuff. I started going on hikes. I started walking mountains. Um, started, you know, going to, to lakes and rivers and, and just being one with the nature. And I, I felt like this was home, at least temporarily, you know. Um, and I've never really, like, had, like, a place that I call home. I kind of, for me in the Army, I was, I was in this mindset of wherever I lay my head is home. And uh, so, to me, this place felt like home. And so, I was going through a divorce. I met my now wife. And her and I, you know, hit it off great. It felt like I knew her for my whole life and her family lives up here. And I don't want to take my wife from her family, at least while they're still up here. So I decided, hey, um, I'm going to stay up here as long as her family is a and good or decent health. And if they have to move, then we will move. But we're not going to move around them because down the lower 48, you can drive a few hours away and be in two or three different states. So with your first marriage, did you guys have kids together? So my, I've, I'm on my third marriage now. Third oh, time's okay. a charm. Okay. But so my first marriage, yes. Uh, my first marriage, my biological daughter lives with her mom and her stepdad. Her stepdad is an army officer. And um, so they travel quite a bit. They, they were in Georgia, went to uh, Washington, back to Georgia, across to Missouri and now that Fort Campbell, uh, Kentucky or not, uh, it, it's technically Kentucky, Tennessee, but, um, right on that border. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but my second marriage, no, so thank you're, God. You're, you're set now. No more I'm wives. Set. No, no more, more wives. wives. Dude. Okay. This, so like, this so is like, the one, this is it. I've already, no more wives. This, I've, I've joked around, but I'm pretty serious about it. If this doesn't work out, um, I'm going to dig myself in the side of a mountain like Thanos and live my days out alone. And uh, at the end of Infinity War, where he's walking through the field and he's running his hand, that's exactly how I'm going to be. <laughs> Just going to be a, a cave dweller. I'm going to be much like a dwarf 
from like Lord of the Rings. So in the house you live in now, you have mm-hmm. kids, right? How many kids? Do you I, have? I have two stepkids. Okay. Okay. Uh, they're more like mine. They're more like right. my biological, like I've raised them for the past three, four years. Their dad really, I mean, that's, that's a conversation for another time. I don't like to talk ill about parents, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm the more mainstay parent in their life uh, for a male role model. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, I take care of them day in, day out. Well, you've had, a, you've had a good role model on somebody to take care of people. Like that was what your grandpa was for you. He, you said he was, yeah. he was a little bit of everything. Yep, yep. My grandpa, the parental role for you as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So, um, so I, so back when I was young, young, uh, I was taken away from my parents because there was some abuse in the household, and we were placed in foster care. And then I moved in with my grandparents once they did the whole foster care thing, and um, so I moved in with them. And my grandpa really taught me what it was, what it, what it was like to be a man, right? Um, and, and and the basic rules of of being a man, uh, being a gentleman. Um, him and I built a deck together for our pool that up until they moved out stood. And so we're talking 20 plus years of this deck being there. And that was something I was really proud of. Um, and and he taught me a lot of life lessons. Uh, but then when I turned 10, uh, my dad got custody of us. And so I moved up there and that just started the cycle of, of abuse again. Um, and and I I joined the army because I wanted to be a better role model for my family or for my brother and my sister. Um, but I also moved it to escape from where I was living, right? Because like um, I didn't see a way out. Um, I, the way out that I seen was either turn to drugs um, in my city or uh, or go homeless. And, 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 and if I would have turned to drugs, it would have been the same damn thing. I would have been homeless. Right. So, so is the army. The, outco- the outcome would have remained the same. Yeah, definitely. So I joined the army and, and what I was trying to escape addiction ended up turning its, its ugly head toward me. And, and I lived in addiction for fuck what I got sober in 2019 so yeah 12 12 and a half years of of active addiction give or take a few years of sobriety here and there but it wasn't really anything that i was i wasn't working a program or anything i was just i hated everybody and everything and i found reasons to hate you so like Corey, i'd be like fuck you i don't like you because you have long hair and i don't Mm. you know and i could not know you like i could not know you you know i would hate people because they drove a nicer car than i did and i couldn't afford it because i was out drinking bitter instead of better Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then when I got into recovery, I started learning to love people and like learning that, like, I don't have to be angry all the time. Uh, and you were talking earlier about like, about being addicted to other certain things that aren't substances. I was addicted to being angry and like, um, it it becomes like you're, you're normal. Like it becomes like what you, what your, your, your skill set is equipped to handle this chaos, this, Mm -hmm this um this structure is yeah. unstructured oh yeah oh yeah uh and and you know doing a lot of my different therapies and counselings and stuff um one of my counselors is like we got to figure out why you're angry and i'm like i'm not always angry and she's like 
your response is angry. <laughs> and, and I was like, I was like, you know, and she's like, okay, well, how would, how do you feel when you're, when you're sad, angry? How do you feel when you're upset, angry? How do you feel when you're scared, angry? And she was like, see, you're angry. And, and so like, I, I, I often revert it to like the, the scene in Avengers where at the end where Hulk is Bruce Banner and he's walking and they're like, Hey, you know, you're, you're not Hulk and you got to fight these guys. You're going to die. And he said, the funny thing is, is I'm always angry. And that's how I felt. I felt like I was just always angry and I felt like I could not be happy, but I was not allowing myself to be happy. Um, and I wasn't searching out the shit that made me happy. And so I just loved the anger. I loved it. I loved being angry all the time. It, it gave me a reason to, to kind of breathe. Yeah. Do, do you ever, do you ever think about like how much of a waste of time that anger was at times, but, and does it make you, you mad? Does it make you so mad? <laughs> oh, ah. No, no. So all that so, wasted time. No. Um, I don't regret it. And a lot of people um, look at that statement and they're like, what? Oh, that's odd. And it's because I've learned so many lessons because of it. I've learned so many lessons because of, of why I was angry. I've learned so many lessons as, you know, why, um, why I drank. Um, and, and, and I've learned if I had to go back and do it again, I would because I, and I wouldn't change anything because I wouldn't be where I'm at had I changed one thing. I, I constantly say very similar thing where I talk about like everything I've been through and every decision I've ever made has made me who I am right now. And this is my favorite me I've ever been. Mm -hmm. So I can't take back any of that stuff yeah. and, and still expect the result to be this guy yeah. that I like to look at in the mirror. Yeah. I've, I've had people say, Oh, I miss the old Sean. And I'm like, Oh, do you, you miss the angry Sean? You miss the Sean that you hated. Can I say, write him a letter, write him a letter, <laughs> write the old yeah. Sean, a letter telling him you miss him and send it to the North pole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Burn it, bury it. Something. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you know this or not, but like when they, when stuff's addressed to the North pole, the post office just like throws it away. <laughs> Little do you, I don't know if you know this or not, no, but I there don't know. North, I'm just kidding. I don't know. No, 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 no. I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a North pole, Alaska. I know. Well, I did not know, but I figured that uh, North pole and, and Alaska are, similar climates yep yep oh it's actually it's weird it's directly if i'm if i'm not wrong it's it's almost directly south of the arctic circle and they have a santa claus shop there mm -hmm. they have an active santa that's there all the time it's crazy Rad. yeah uh, <coughs> so i want to make sure i say to you how well i i a big part of this stuff is that this is this is on record now. Like mm -hmm. this is this is a timestamp for where we were on this September 30th, 2022. This is a timestamp right here. These moments um, on the record where this is shit is outliving us, and we mm -hmm. have it on record now for me to play to you 
me for me for me to play back to you the the recording of me telling you how important your time has been for me and how grateful I am that you've you've spent the currency of your effort and your attention on me and uh with me it's 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 really important and I'm really excited about what like what the next steps are I'm excited about our friendship and I just wanted to make sure I stated that before uh before we wrap anything up I want to um <clears throat> want to make sure um, I give you the chance at this point to to ask me anything that you want to ask me or say anything you want to say to me that's on the record that would be something that like might be important to hear back later um I think for you something I want to say to you sorry there was a uh, my wife had, had a small emergency from work. Uh, she was right here. But uh, I think to you, man, uh, I think just continue being the most authentic version of yourself that you can be, you know, unapologetically you. Um, take time for yourself. Uh, and maybe, sometimes... maybe one day, maybe one day I'll get Conrad to produce <laughs> my podcast. Yeah, maybe one day you'll get Conrad. No. Um, <laughs> and, and just keep uh... doing what you're doing. One day Conrad's going to come a knocking. Hey, you know, here's the thing, man, is is when we're authentically ourselves, sometimes people see it, sometimes people don't. But at the times when the right people need to see it is when they do, you know? Well, that's that's part of me saying, like, um, a good portion of, I, I want to say, uh, re wrestling is being the right person in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And so far, maybe I have not been in the right places at the right times. Maybe I haven't been the right person in the right places at the right times. Yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of that, a lot of that uh, is go, going back to me saying earlier, like, oh, it's like who you're friends with, and like, you know, when opportunities come up, people think of their friends, and maybe I haven't been right there to like to be in the front of somebody's mind when it comes time to like give out. Uh, love and wealth and opportunity yeah. yeah um but like that's part of i don't know if, if you saw the drum or if you've ever mm -hmm. heard the drum yeah that's part it represents consistency mm -hmm. me continuing to beat my drum mm -hmm. and and i also bring the drum with me to the ring oh um, yeah because I say, because I say, like this stuff, what I'm doing here in this ring, in front of these people, is the most like religious, like sacred, divine practice I've got. Like this business is my religion, over what a what some book some dude wrote is. Yeah, and um, that's it's it stays inside of that consistency yeah it stays inside inside of like you're gonna make you're gonna you're gonna see me play this drum you're gonna see me have the kind of matches that i'd want to watch like that's what I, like I, i'll make the kind of podcasts that i'll want to hear i'll mm -hmm. tell the kinds of jokes that i'd want to laugh to i yeah. want to wrestle the kind of matches that i'd want to watch 
And uh, it stays inside of that, like, if I wasn't me, I'd wish I was. Yeah. That's the kind of life I've always wanted to have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got, I got, I got, an, I got another, like, I don't know, maybe another 20 years of this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No. And, and that's the thing, man, is, is, you know, for you, uh, you know, wrestling is, is your religion because it's tangible. It's something that you can feel and you can touch. And that's what a lot of people, you know, for me, like, I don't, I don't hold on to the Christian values. I, I'm not Christian. I'm Norse pagan. But for me, I, I find things that are tangible for me and in, in nature. Like here's a real, real weird reason why I chose Norse paganism. A lot of people don't understand it. I think you but, told me about this. I think you told I, me. Okay. Well, but, I good. Okay, so I I I have studied uh almost every damn religion that's uh, that there's that's out there. And I found this to be the most relatable one to me, but on top of that, I was kind of doubting myself, and I said, hey, uh, this is real. I need fucking something to hold on to, right? And if you know anything about Norse paganism or have or studied it or anything like that, the raven is a sign of Odin. And when I came into, into the border of Alaska and Canada, um, I drove here. There was ravens literally sitting inside of of the the checkpoint the the uh the border patrol inside and i was like okay well all right and i I held on to it and very recently i I started questioning myself again like is this something i believe in and i'm driving down the road and i get to this stoplight and there's a raven on the side of the road with its body facing this way head tilted toward me looking at me and it didn't break contact at all and i was like okay I'm good. I don't need any further proof. I got it. And so, so what, what we hold, you you did not tell me that. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a a memory that was triggered when I seen that with the Raven. That's Um, that's so Raven. (laughs) That's so Raven. (laughs) But we take these things that we hold that, that we can find tangible and we hold on to them. and, And I think it's important, you know, because, who 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 says that 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 Odin's real? Who's saying that that Jesus Christ is real? I mean, historically Jesus Christ is real, but God or or Buddha or any of these people, who who's to say that they're real? Right. Like the 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 stories in these in these these books, these 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 characters are, you know, we we can watch we can watch all the Marvel stuff, like it's, it's higher budget Bible. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, these, these fictional tales. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's for a structure in your life to like, mm-hmm. to reference, to go like, okay, we, we want to be this type of person. We want to be that type of person. We, we want to make sure we're not that type of person. Make, make sure we are this type of person. Yeah. So like absolutely, I think John John Mulaney did the whole bit about the, the like the King Solomon, mm-hmm. the 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 babe the the two ladies brought the baby to King Solomon, and yeah. he was like, I get it, well cut it in half, and then <laughs> the one the one the one lady was like, No, don't cut him in half, and he's like, 
Oh, that's how we know. That's the real mother. The other lady was over here like, I'll take the top part. <laughs> Go ahead, cut him in half. Cut him in half. Cut some bitch in half. <laughs> Jeez. No, but the only the other thing, the other thing I gotta say, man, is 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 I don't I know you're a good dude. You really are. I, I I hope you know that you're you're a really good dude. You're a good human being, wow. and uh, it takes a good human being to listen to my bullshit for two hours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying no one's gonna hear it. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> uh, so speaking about the time capsules, the the time stamps. Mm -hmm. Let's say this is out, of course, outliving us, but also it's, let's say, 20 years into the future. Uh, say 20, 2042, your kids come across this recording and want to hear a message directly to them. Mm. Like time stamped from 22. What words are you saying to them in the next couple minutes? You're speaking directly to them. I did the best I could with what I had. Nothing more, nothing less, you know, because I know that as a kid, uh, even a young adult, I always looked at my parents and I found I criticized them for the way that that they raised me. Right. But they did the best that they could with what they had. Even my grandparents and and my grandparents before them. So the same thing to them and, and this generation to generation passed down. We do the best that we can with what we have. And, you know, I, I feel like I'm doing the best that I can with what I have. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to always hit the mark as a parent. I don't, I, I, being a parent, it's like, it's a, it's a lesson every day. We, we learn new things every day about, about, you know, our children. Um, but I did the best that I could with what I had. Yeah, I and I love them. I love the shit out of them. Hope they know that. Nothing more, nothing less, except for this. This is one more thing. <laughs> Just let me add one more damn thing here. Hold <laughs> on. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. This, this, and one more thing. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. like when I when I think about that kind of stuff, and I think about like when I was younger, and I would be like mad about my parents' decisions on certain things. Uh, I didn't ever have the time to think about like how ill-equipped they were yeah. and the, the, the sacrifices that, you know, the, I don't want to say my dad did cause he didn't, but mm -hmm. uh, my mom gave up, she gave up her entire identity to be my mom mm -hmm. and like g get mad about not having the newest pair of sneakers but like, think about the kind of stuff when I like, let me now go like, oh, all the times that like I've shot for a goal and didn't hit it because I didn't, I wasn't ready for it or I wasn't um, equipped with how to handle that situation. Now imagine that and a human life is counting on it. Like, oh, yeah. put, I can't put myself in the shoes of my mom and the kind of decisions that she had to make, like raising three babies by herself. 
that's not something I can even wrap myself, wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. You know, one one thing that I, I keep reminding myself, you know, and it's not so much anymore. I used to I used to just hound on on the fact that my dad beat the shit out of me every day of, of my childhood when he was when when he was around or he didn't love me or he loved my brother, you know, uh, more than he loved me. And I had to look at that now being sober and say he was in a, he was he was an alcoholic. You know, and it it's a learned trait and, and it's a disease, but it's it's a learned trait and you learn it from the people that came before you. Right. Yeah. So I had really had to look at that and, and say, my dad. Yeah, my dad was a piece of shit when I was a kid. And he even opened up and said, yeah, dude, like I wasn't the best dad to you. And I appreciate that. But I had to also realize, like, there were circumstances that one were out of his control to a degree and circumstances that were. And when he was sober, he was an awesome man. But he, when he was drinking, he was a piece of shit. And I, that's how I was. Right. So how am I any better? You're now at this point. You're breaking the chain, breaking the cycle of generational trauma. Yep. Yep. What you're doing now is good. And give yourself an attaboy. I always I always tell people to pat themselves on the back, and I never pat myself on the back. Well, you should do it more often, man. I'm trying. I so so my thing that I realize with that is is like my pride has been my downfall a lot. Mm-hmm. Pride comes before the fall, they say. Um, mm-hmm. I would always get to that point in my life where good things would start to happen to me or for me, and I would be like, "Fuck yeah, look at me! I'm the bad motherfucker. I've got all this. You know, I'm, I've been yeah, labeled this." Get we get too cocky. cocky yeah, cool. Too cocky, mm-hmm. cool, all the time. Yeah. Look, they couldn't possibly fire me. I'm the best they got. And I've lost every goddamn job I've ever had. Yep. Yep. And it's just, it's, it's, it's being pride without, or being proud without the pride. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's being proud without that, that, or, and, and remaining humble. And, And, and so that's where, I try to acknowledge what people say. Like I used to be terrible at getting giving credit or getting getting compliments, right? So somebody, you're doing a good job. I'm like, no, I'm not. Just stop, stop. Mm-hmm. But now I, I take it. I say thank you and I appreciate you uh, for giving me that. And I sit with it for a second. I let it go. I try. I try to at least. <laughs> so it's all work. Th- uh, just a couple, just a couple more quick things, and I'll send you off into the sunset with a hot dog and a handshake. <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> so the way I normally wrap up, the way I normally start wrapping up episodes is, uh, I'll, I'll say, um, hypothetically, I've gifted you this show. This has been your pilot episode, your first episode of your new podcast, Evolving with Sean Young. <laughs> In a, in a very Jerry Springer's final thought type of way, the most valuable takeaways from this conversation. And then we'll send them off with uh, your best impression, which might be your Dan Housen impression, <laughs> to say the catchphrase of the show, which is be fun, have safe, keep evolving. You want me to, to do an impression? Uh, you got to do your little... Zorak hands. 
right. Uh, what is it? Be fun, have safe. Yeah. Keep but, evolving. But first, you got to do your Jerry Springer's final thought. Oh, okay. Then- All right. Jerry Springer's final thought. What left a lasting impression on me? I think I had a lot of expectations. Not not from you, but of myself. And I, well, it's hard to say that. I'm trying to rethink it. When I get on them uh, on on other people's shows, uh, I think the fear of like of of talking to other people, right? And I and I I'm like, man, how am I gonna say it? Is this person gonna think I'm a piece of shit or full of shit? And and you know, I had to to leave that at the door, you know, and, and that 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 really helped me out a lot. Uh, and just you're awesome. You're awesome. Thanks. That's, that's my Jerry's final thought. Well, I, f- I felt like I had done a ton of criticism on this, and I, 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 I felt like maybe I was like, I was uh, <laughs> being too critical of of uh, certain things in wrestling that that maybe uh, might <laughs> opinions might cost me some respect in the business. No, so so that's what's so great about opinions is that you they're your own they're your own. You know, they're your own. Right. Um, and, and it's also with all of them, with everything, it's consider the source. Consider yeah. who it's coming from. Consider why it's that way. Consider, like, yeah. who, you know, I. If somebody, if somebody trashes you on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or wherever, and they've got no followers, they're nobody, they've never done anything, just go, okay, whatever. Yeah. But like, I mean, anybody, anybody in any of these companies who I would have offended can look at, look, I've only got like 500 Twitter followers. I'm nobody. <laughs> well, but I like, hope I've, I've also spent a huge chunk of my life in the ring and in front of people. So, uh, you know, take that into consideration as well. Well, I I hold what you have to say when it co- in regards to wrestling, you know, with a high esteem, as well as like I, I'm friends with Sledge from uh, Ring of Honor, and um, I hold what you guys have to say because you guys have done it. You guys live in that ring. You guys have have put work in to the ring, and and you guys know firsthand what's what's better and what's what's not so good, you know. And so what what you guys have to say, I will never be like I think you're wrong. Because you you've done it and, and I'm not. But that goes in the same token. If I'm if I'm doing work and somebody walks into my job and is like, You are you terrible, you're wrong. Prove me wrong. I would like to give uh, offer this to you real quick, saying uh, how once again going back to how psyched I am that we're closer friends now. Yeah. That, really excites really excites me it's a good it's a good shit and i'm excited for what comes next but i um <laughs> i was getting to a point there the the um anytime you ever feel like you've got nobody to talk to i want to make sure you know that you can always talk to me i'm always here 
thank you. If you just need a friend, any any just like sounding board, any any advice in any way or any opinions of anything, dude, I'm I'm not I'm not hard to get a hold of, for sure. Okay. And, thank you. And I want to make sure it's said to anybody who's who's spent the currency of their effort and their attention on anything I've ever done or said or recorded or or like want to talk to me about it. I'm not a hard person to get a hold of. You can leave comments on the YouTube videos. You can follow me on on any of the social media platforms. My DMs are wide open all the time. So for sure, reach out. You're never alone. We we've all have we all have to decide that it's time to be kinder to ourselves. And inside of that, uh, maybe what you want will find you easier. If if you don't know what it is you're looking for, what you're looking for might not be looking for you. So maybe inside of that, we'll just fuck around and get kinder. <laughs> fuck around and get kinder i like it <laughs> i like it and the same sentiment to you man uh if you ever That's need fine. any anybody to talk to i'm always here i give my number out pretty graciously uh and that's a quicker way to get a hold of me i answer all phone calls unless you're a tax collector and you kiss my ass all right i'm gonna i'm gonna text i'm gonna uh shoot you my number right okay. after we get out of here sounds um, good <laughs> All right, it's time for that impression. Okay, what do I say? Be fun, have safe, keep evolving. Okay, I'm not gonna do Dan Housen. I'm gonna do one other though. Okay, yeah, your best, your best impression that you've got. Oh God, oh God. Be safe. What, what is it? What is it again? Be fun, have safe. Be fun, have safe. Okay, all right. Be fun. That's safe. Keep evolving. Was that good? Is that Christopher Walken? Yes. Was, if, if, was, was it good or was it bad? Because I want to know. I, I can tell what it was. It was good. It was I can tell what it was. <laughs> it was bad. You don't. It's it, not going to hurt it, my feelings. The inflection of it, I, dude, I love it, and I've been doing tons of Christopher Walken impressions lately. Mm -hmm. uh, remember the rundown? Yeah. Don't make waves. Don't make waves. I've been saying that all the time lately. Anyway, don't make waves. Be no, fun. Don't. Have safe. Keep evolving. Oh, and we're clear. No, we're not. Yes, we are.